Hello, Podmod Bods. Welcome back. Episode 30. That's pretty crazy. Feels pretty good. This won't matter in the future, but if you're somebody who listens to the show on Monday morning, I apologize for it being late. I, uh, I had a show on Saturday, and then on Sunday I gave a demonstration for recovery effects at the Patchworks Presents Knobs and Shit uh, synth meetup, so I didn't really have much time to get this edited in time, and then by the time I was done with the whole weekend, I was pretty exhausted, and I uh, started on with a new company for my day job, and that's, uh, yeah, it's just uh, long days, so wah, wah, wah. Um, I want to thank you all for supporting the show, and uh, special thanks to you Patreon subscribers. Um, if you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. And I want to talk about the Patreon for a few minutes because as of right now, I haven't done much for my patrons. Um, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple cool little tiers there. Uh, you can enter, get some early episodes when I can get them done early enough. Um, this week they didn't get that benefit and I apologize for that, but just to kind of be a little more clear on what I want to do with this, uh, I want I want to get enough subscribers to where I can fund uh, some t-shirts, some stickers, and, you know, future releases. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to get, you know, a f- quite a few more. I'm getting close. Um, I'd like to, I would like to get close to double the amount that I have right now. I think I could really start making some cool stuff. And then, of course, if you become a Patreon subscriber, you will you'll get a lot of that cool stuff. Um, and I've got some cool stuff planned for the future, uh, including a, um, a, uh, pod mod patch challenge album, uh, with all the tracks from all the episodes up until now. Um, and then of course, if if you're a Patreon subscriber at any level, um, I'm going to be sending you a free download code for Bandcamp. So thank you again to everybody who's helping out. And if you would like to help out, uh, patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Also want to uh, just touch on uh, the the, uh, the event knobs and shit this weekend. It was a lot of fun. Patrick's is the local synth shop here in Seattle, and it's just such a such a cool such a cool uh, hub for everyone. You've heard me talk about it a lot, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to see uh, Scott from Industrial Music Electronics, aka uh, Harvest Man. Um, he was demoing some some new prototypes, and man. That stuff is so cool. And uh, talk to him. We're going we're gonna to get him on the show here pretty soon because he's got some really cool stuff uh, he's going to be releasing soon. Got to hang out with Abe from AI Synthesis again. Um, he's working on something really cool that I can't quite tell you about yet, but uh, it's, it's going to be awesome for you pedal lovers out there. Um, and then I want to uh, say special thanks to uh, Greg Markle from Recovery Effects. Um, he trusts me to be his like brand ambassador or product specialist. So uh, he gave a little introduction, and uh, on Sunday I got to demo the cutting room floor, Oscilloscape, Bad Comrade, and Motormatic, um, all really amazing modules. And I was going to record that whole demo. I had my whole thing set up to do so, and I didn't hit record. So I'm sorry you can't hear that, but it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Today's guest is a buddy of mine named Daniel Miller. He, his uh, moniker is Infidel Tech, and uh, he's just a super, super nice guy, um, and he's, he's an excellent modular synthesis. 
Um, you get to hear a really cool patch that he did. And then we had a, a special co-host, uh, Bradley Millington, who is one half of Modular on the Spot Seattle, and uh, Ellison Wolf from Zork's, Elec- Zork's Electronics. So we all hung out, and uh, we had a really good time. So um, let's get into that talk here. But first, a couple words from some sponsors. All right, I'm going to show you some cool stuff that the Ataraxica Teratos can do. Uh, Noise Engineering is just releasing this um, October 22nd, and um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Any fans of the Basimilus Teratos are going to be super excited about this. This is an oscillator, um, and right now I've got a couple little pieces of CV coming in from the maths and an LFO, but where the real fun comes in is uh, I've got one signal coming from Anna, from Mystic Circuits, and Anna is taking an LFO and a clock pulse from uh, the Mido from Moffinzeef Modular, and I've got the Mido swung, so it's going to have a little shuffle to it, and then I've got just a a regular clock pulse coming straight out of Mido into uh, the Ataraxic Iteritas. So let me switch one of those on really quick. So that's Anna mixing up some, some LFO and clock signals. And now I'm just going to take a swung uh, gate from Mido into the Ataraxic Ateritas. So every sound you hear right now is coming from one oscillator. It's one output. Um, and I actually have five CD inputs available still. Um, so this thing, it just goes crazy. Um, Right now I'm using the the comb CV input, the noise CV input, the soft fold CV input, the time mod CV input, and the the waveform uh, CV input, leaving the shape, sync, and then the two uh, the two inputs for the two switches. So I'll switch those manually. So that's the LFSR, SQR, SQR2. So that's back to the SQR setting. And right now I'm in the bass setting on the other switch. I can go to alto. And treble. Um, What's really cool is the pitch knob is super, super sensitive. So you can really dial in uh, some some fine tuning. Now I'm going to mess with this uh, waveform knob. Even though I'm putting CD into it, That's one thing I really like about uh, the noise engineering stuff. There's so much variation within the uh, within the knob. You can really dial in how you want that CV to interact with your patch. I'm gonna bring the soft fold knob up as well. So I'll bring both those down. And right now I'm in triangle wave mode. I can bring this up to a ramp. And I can bring it all the way to a square. Now I mess with that waveform knob. Bring it into the SQR2 mode with that switch. It's gonna get really nasty. Mess with the time mod knob. Pod mod bods mess with time mod knobs. 
There's a hashtag for you. Pod mod bods mess with time mod knobs. That's pretty good. Um, anyways, go to uh, noiseengineering.us to, uh, to get some more information on it. And um, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this thing. So, uh, you, you plan on recording an, uh, an album or an EP? Uh, I will say from experience, one of the, the coolest things about doing it on your own is complete creative control. I will say one of the biggest disadvantages of doing that is uh, it's hard to uh, gain an objective ear when you're listening to your stuff. And that's why I want to tell you about Obsidian Sound. It is a mixing and mastering studio in Northern California run by Nathan Moody, uh, a musician who some of you may recognize from his Etude series of albums and his latest electroacoustic album, The Right Side of Mystery, which I own on a double cassette. The packaging is super cool and it's an excellent album. Obsidian Sound specializes in that critical final polish to reach and connect with audiences more effectively. Nathan specializes in independent electronic music uh, with a special focus on ambient and modular. So, listeners, this is kind of uh, it's kind of our sweet spot. Um, he works with artists and uh, labels alike. Most of us electronic musicians act as solo artists, as I said before, but before releasing a new album or collection of work, there's a huge benefit to having an objective set of professional ears in a different acoustically treated room on full range monitors. Um, when they hear you know, your work and then add some final quality assurance and objective polish, whew, it, it makes such a difference. And that's where Obsidian Sound comes in. With 20 years of experience in the audio industry, Nathan offers mix review, mixing, and most importantly, mastering services, with a special focus on preserving and delivering the artist's creative intent. He's provided mastering service for well-known modular artists like R. Benny, Mylar Melodies, and more, uh, including Donald Crunk and Dark Sparkler, friends of the show. Anyone listening to this podcast can get a 10% discount off of mixing and mastering services by mentioning that you heard about Obsidian Sound on Podular Modcast. From experimental to noise to ambient to techno, Obsidian Sound can help you sound like a better version of you. I mean, Arbeni did it. This track that you hear under me talking is from his new release called Isla, and it was it was mastered by by Nathan. And if I mean if Arbeni uses him, I think you can uh, you can know that your 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 sound is in good hands. So if you want your project's mixes reviewed, improved, or mastered, please visit obsidiansound.com. And don't forget to mention that I sent you over there because it'll get you a 10% discount. <laughs> so we have a special, this is a special uh, episode, and I have a guest co-host, Bradley Millington, who is one half of Module on the Spot Seattle. Hi there. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for us. having me. Um, this is the first time we're going to have a show with four people on at once, so it's going to be kind of fun. Um, but Bradley, I've been wanting to have you on as a co-host for a while, and we tried to get to it earlier, but I was getting married and life was happening. Um, even though it's been out a little while, I wanted to see kind of uh, how the release of the modular on the spot cassettes, the the EP and the, the full length thing went out like... How, how does that feel? How did it go? It's, I think it's been great. I yeah. mean, we've only had one one show to uh, to sell them at, or but they did very well there. And um, through Bandcamp, we've yeah. got some interest from faraway places. I think we sent yeah. one to France and uh, Germany. Germany, yeah. yeah. 
So that's exciting. I think a couple to Canada too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the streaming on the, the self-center band camp has been really good and digital sales too. So, um, if it hasn't yet, it's pretty dang close to paying for itself, I'd imagine. And then I want to also remind everybody that all the proceeds from all the digital and physical sales go to um, the permits and just all the logistical stuff that you and Josh usually pay out of pocket for these things. Yeah, we've been trying to get creative about fundraising yeah. just to supplement. And, and this is one good way to do it and give back. Yeah. And what's different about mod- so Module on the Spot LA is a little more guerrilla style, but because of, I don't know, just, just the the weather and everything up here, you guys, you guys get permits and we, we, it's all by the book, which is all kind of costly. Yeah. Certainly for the park shows. Yeah. Um, we're really looking forward to the shows that are coming up, Mm -hmm. uh, October through April, I believe we'll have a monthly gig at the substation and they've been very generous to just let us use that space. So that's is that the back room or is it going to be the 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 whole thing? Oh, nice. Yeah. So that, that should be great. One, difference i guess from the mojito shows is it'll be 21 and over so that's okay that's one drawback but other than that it's all positives yeah new pa yeah free space i like what you guys did too because because of the wet the weather uh we can't always do it outside because we're in the pacific northwest but because it was a format that you guys did not come up with you wanted to trace stay true to the modular on the spot format which is all modular all outdoor by moving it indoor, you automatically make it not a modular on the spot, which means you can bring some extra gear in. Whatever you want. So that's, yeah, that's pretty fun. So in the fall months, we can uh, we can start bringing in our guitars, and which I'm going to do. I want to remind everybody, actually, is it going to be over? It's going to be over by the time this episode airs, I think. It will be. Yeah. Yes. Shit. Okay, never mind. It was a lot of fun. Man, we had some fun at that last modular night. The best. <laughs> and... Um, yeah. So have you had anybody reach like what kind of reach out like 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 feedback have you gotten since the release? Oh, on the cassette? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people are, you know, are really excited about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know everyone's really appreciative to have a, a cassette that represents the local scene. So yeah. that's awesome. Totally. And uh, we what's great about Module on the Spot is we record all, all of them. I mean, we have probably well over a hundred recordings now. And so we've got a lot of material to choose from and every year we're generating more. So we think, you know, depending on how this goes, we'll try to do a run each year and pick the best of each year. And that's gotta be a tough process going through. Yeah. Well, now that we've done it once, I think we, we kind of know a little bit more about what we're doing. And Josh and I are usually of similar mind about, about okay, th- that's uh, good because I could I could see Josh is quite a character. I could see I could see it being like um, almost like a fun headbutting situ- situation. Like it, it's more fun than anything. Yeah, else. Okay. yeah. But I think we argued really only about the order. Okay, and not so much the you know which tracks. Right. Okay. Speaking of order, the second side of the cassette opens up with a cacophonous. Uh, performance that was in fact the point of contention and josh won and i'm glad he did (laughs) (laughs) because yes daniel leads the second uh the second side and it's just a great like departure from all the melodic stuff on the first side yeah yeah i put it on i put that cassette on the first time to listen to it like i usually put on a cassette for dinner or something if we're we're hosting guests like playing games put something and that that first side is so it's so perfect for that and then it switches and Daniel's song comes on and I was, and it, it was just a little louder, you know, yeah. the volume here. And it, it started, it started like, 
it definitely uh, it changed the mood in in a very interesting way. <laughs> and I, I love how it like slowly rises to its full uh-huh. onslaught. Like it creeps up on you, and then it's just like wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that brings us to our guest. That's Daniel, uh, aka Infidel Tech. Hello. And we ready for the interrogation? We're ready for the interrogation. <laughs> I, I'm curious about the name. I've I've been curious about your your moniker for a long time. And have you caught any heat on it? Because of the infidel part? Yes. Not really. Okay. Now, you, one would think, especially in the climate these days, that yes, you That's would. what I was wondering if as it's kind of changing, if um, it's a thing. But I, not really, actually, at all. I, every once in a while, it's like, because for a long time, it was my primary email account. Uh-huh. So when I have to spell it out to people, be like, they give me this weird look like, <laughs> what the hell? What? And they, you know, they just kind of give me that weird side eye like it's kind of strange but <laughs> all right but it, it goes back to uh high school for me actually uh-huh. because growing up in the suburbs of seattle area listening to a lot of goth industrial and stuff like that i was a huge fan of all those those bands with like wax tracks air and all that stuff and it seemed like at that time, like every band had a side project, right? Like multiple side projects. So when I was in my high school goth band that I was in, goth industrial, whatever. What was its name? Come on, I feel I, like you're holding it back. <laughs> it was uh, it, it's it was Mind. Oh, but Mind. It, but without, it wasn't spelled like M I D, or what? Whatever. Uh-huh. It was M Y N D E. Of course, it was. It, it was some weird. This, yeah, <laughs> because this was probably yeah. two thousand one. No, 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 no. This is nineties. This is back in ninety five. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. shit. Okay, so you were you were ahead of the the misspelling curve a little yeah, bit, right yeah. at the cusp. I I've always been. I loved imagery and stuff like that, like just plain on um, like symbols and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I just drew up a symbol that looked like something, and I go, "Oh, it kind of looks like a Y and M and D and all these things." <laughs> oh, I mean, I just like I I just. I typed in with some stupid font that was like, just spelled it out that way. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it looks more Greek now or something, uh-huh. you know, some ridiculous, stupid thing. Yeah. Like, How many people call you Min- called you as Mindy? Mindy? A lot. <laughs> a lot of people did. A lot. I <laughs> forgot. And, oh, sorry. I forgot to introduce uh, Ellison. Hey, Ellison so from Zorix is also sitting in. I'm happy us. to be here with you guys and Mindy. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, so I, I was in a metal band in high school and, and at the, it was like right at the, kind of like the the just on the other side of the the crest of the wave of the misspelling and backwards mm-hmm. legend and, and our band was called typecast <laughs> and that's just one word and we spelled it the way it is and every i would say every other fucking show that we were on the the, the they would they would put it as two words and they would put cast with a k and I think even one place put it backwards, and it made me did they so put the, mad. Did they put the k backwards too? Like corn. Yeah. I think one place did that. It was so so Oh, that made me mad. Daniel and I had similar influences in the same era. I, I, my band in 1995 was Nations in Dust, and we were <laughs> a, a goth band as well. Yeah, there you go. Like, there you go. The, the lead singer was just so enamored with Peter Murphy that everything that came out of his mouth sounded just like him. <laughs> did you guys? Um, did you guys have like names? Like, did you go? Were you Bradley Millington oh, in the no. in the liner notes, <laughs> <laughs> or were you like? <laughs> Toxic oh no! Waste child. No, I was. I was just Doctor Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ravenclaw. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I couldn't get past the creative side of just like making names and song titles. I just. I left my name being what it is. Yeah. And I, I've always had fun with my name, anyways. Being you know, the young Daniel Miller. So I would like to you know, 
play on that joke a little bit for people to like congratulate you. You have some lineage of having a Daniel Miller interviewed for the first time. <laughs> sure, it must be weird that people are like. I thought he had a British accent. <laughs> he sounds way Wait, younger. Wait, who's, Dan- who's Daniel Miller? Who am I supposed oh. to? Be? Oh, I guess I'm. There it is. Did yeah. I just out myself no, as no, no, not no, being no, Daniel Miller from you? You know the producer for Depeche Mode. Oh, that Daniel Miller. I grew up in Roslyn, Washington, so... (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't a lot of Depeche Mode over there. Depeche who? (laughs) Depressed Mode. Depressed Mode, yeah. I actually got into their album Ultra because my uncle had that CD and left it over. Um, Is it It's No Good? There's a a good song. I think it's track four. For me, that band stopped at like Speak and Spell. I like the really happy synth pop stuff and then uh, that real just... I don't know that the David Gone stuff, his singing vocal style of just crooning, just like I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay, sounds you sound sad and oh. Well, that surprises me coming from uh, from your mind days <laughs> and then listening to a lot of the infidel tech uh, stuff. So what what were you playing in in your your goth industrial? Uh, I was the vocalist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I was. Imagine that. Did you do Cookie Monster vocals? Because that's what I did in uh, Typecast. No, no, not so much Cookie Monster. It's just a lot of heavy effects because I wanted to sound like Ogre from Skinny Puppy. Okay, you know I was that just like every other goth kid or industrial kid from the eighties <laughs> and nineties. So, so did you did you uh, grow up playing like guitar or bass or anything? I uh, started off playing bass. Uh huh. And then always had a fixation for sound. Like mm-hmm. I, I never wanted to be um, like like any like famous guitarist or like that. I was like, I wanted to know how they made their guitar sound the way they did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what what is all that? What's up with all the pedals? What's up with all the gear? What's up with all that? How'd well, they how did get... How did you get into modular then? How did I get into no, modular? No, I'm well, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, Sorry, I, to- I tried to make a, a bad joke. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I'm full of them, so don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> so, so you're into bass, and you're 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 kind of more into uh, just like the the curiosity side of like how how does this happen, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. what how can I make this happen, mm-hmm. and, and what kind of interesting stuff can I do with it later? So, I imagine that led to effects pedals, a little bit more synthesizers, more synthesizers, more synthesizers. Okay. I was you know because I listened to primarily electronic stuff, a little bit of you know, punk and metal and everything like that. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere, Yeah. but it was primarily in my, just, you know, the need for, to find a Moog synthesizer, <laughs> you know, growing up. Cause at that time when I was in high school, that was like the, I was just shy of that era of like people going like, Oh, I just found a, a 303 and a dustbin and all that crap, you know, uh-huh. and like, they're everywhere at pawn shops for like five bucks. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like that was, just before I was old enough to be able to have a job. So I missed out on that. But everywhere I was, you know, I'd search like every guitar shop I'd go for, I'd be looking for a, a synthesizer that I could, you know, an old analog one. And Ellison still does that. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually do too. Well, Greg Markle found both of his roads at Value Village. His brother was working there <laughs> and called him, hey, some, some old lady dropped this roads off. He went and snagged it. Two weeks later, he calls him again. Hey, there's another roads here. Do you want it? So after I hear that story, I'm just like, I have to, I have to check at least like a couple times a month. You never know what you're going to find. That's how they get you though. It's like the carrot dangling, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, one of these days I'll find it, but you never do. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found some good stuff. I don't know. So anyways, so you, so you were on a, you were on a quest for a Moog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Specifically at that time, the first one I ever played was a Moog Source. Okay. Which was just a, a little monophonic, you know, 
small keyboard with a touch plate on it, not a lot of knobs. It was half digital in a way, but it, just the whole look of it just was awesome. I thought, and, uh -huh. and being the first Moog that I ever touched and hearing that filter just going, Whoa, yeah, was just blew my mind at the guitar store. And then years later, found one on eBay. The guy was over on the east side and just tracked it down, bought it for I think like six hundred bucks at the time. Okay. Which was still a lot of money at that time for yeah. me, but you know, it they're now like fifteen hundred bucks or something. I can't remember. After he after he passed, they went. Poof, they, all of them shot up in price. Yeah, yeah. Just and the one Jesus. Yeah, Isn't like yeah. eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's a beautiful instrument, and yeah. I would love to have one. I just can't justify having one at this time because. I already have a memory Moog, which is essentially the same thing, but the original version of it, mm -hmm. you know, a lot more unstable. Right. And definitely doesn't have all the bells and whistles of the new one, mm -hmm. but has a, has a character, that just big, huge poly sound that, you know, you can't just, it's unmistakable. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested to try it, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So how did Things you find keys. how did you find your way into um, modular into modular? Okay, so that's another weird kind of interesting uh, side road. So my my best friend I grew up across the street from, we've just we played bands with you know ever since the very beginning, and he was always wheeling and dealing synthesizers since like the eBay the early eBay days. Like mm -hmm. he was buying stuff from Germany all the time, a bunch of just crazy synths and just hawking him back and forth and building his collection. And uh, this is kind of a weird side side thing, but so in my 20s, I was playing in a little synth-pop band with uh, my friends. It was going under the name New Gray Area. And one of my friends, Robert, who's still in town, that was in the band, and our friend Brad Apodaca, who's down in L.A. now, um, he was a vocalist. And when he moved down to L.A., he got, you know, kind of involved in the, the modular stuff slowly and slowly. And he was, like, really one of the earlier adopters. And he was always like, oh, you need to get in this. I'm like, you know, I, I got to pay how much just to get a case and <laughs> yeah. then, like, buy a module? That's, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I brushed it off forever. And then finally, um, my, my friend Nick that I grew up across the street from, he had a, you know, he was an early adopter as well. And he had, you know, an AFG, some other early, you know, stuff in a dofer case that he was, he was moving down to California from this, from the area to kind of just uproot his life and try something new. So he's like, Hey, uh, I don't have anywhere to st store all my stuff. Perfect. Can you, can <laughs> we just bring my half, you know, half more than half my studio over to your studio and just merge it? I'm like, uh, I guess I have the space. Yeah. Sure, why not? And then having a modular in the house, it just went... Yeah. Didn't take long. No, no, no. Yeah, so how long after that did you get your own, you know, your first module or get into it? Uh, so it was just like a, maybe a couple months after that. I finally... I'm also... I know Bradley's in the same camp as me. Like, I do not get rid of anything. I'm a complete hoarder. <laughs> Total opposite. When it, it, I mean, and when it comes down to like records, tapes, everything, I have everything. Um, I mean, I've I've been lucky enough that I can afford the space to do it. Yeah. So, um, I 
finally I had a I had him like make a decision. I'm like I had a uh, the Dave Smith Evolver, the desktop version, and it just never really gelled well with me. Like just I, it's a simple enough layout and everything, but just didn't feel right. And you know, like I love the immediacy of having keys sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a keyboard player. I'm not a, you know by any stretch of the imagination. So, I, but I love the immediacy of just like hammering out notes until it sounds right and feels right. Uh-huh. So it just never f- gelled well with me. And, and after I had that little bit of the modular, I didn't have a sequencer in there. I just had a bunch of random, you know, LFOs and, and a couple oscillators and some random stuff. It was just a small, weird little collection of like plan B and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I need to get a sequencer. So a guy wanted to trade a Metropolis to me for my Evolver. And I was like, oh, sure. I'll, I, I don't do this, but whatever. I'll, I'll make that, that, that switch so I can start you know, getting into the, the, the modular world. And, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always like that one module where the light bulb goes off and it's, you know, it yeah. like completes your ability to make something yeah. amazing. And <laughs> that's this Hermo right now for me. That thing is just, it, it opened up a door for me where I can plug in a, the USB host keyboard and just be free from the clock and start making sequences and let it record and just let it flow naturally instead of, because th- that's the other thing that I've hated about the modular sequencers is they just sound really like, I don't know if binary is the right word, but they just, they're just, I don't know. I I love randomness and I love chaos mm-hmm. clearly from the majority of my music, but when it comes to notes, I think I would like random, but every time I hit random, it just doesn't right. work. I've I've had a similar situation. I actually don't even have a sequencer other than my ornament and crime, which isn't even really a sequencer and all I can do is random and I'm I'm missing that that ability to actually compose mm-hmm. on this. Um definitely I in that new Renee. Um but I've you know I've gone through I've had probably four different sequencers and I kind of feel the same way. It's just I haven't really found anything uh, that's that's that I can get something out of that I like. And I know that's mostly user error. Um, but if I'm gonna a little bit, not yeah, much though. If I'm gonna do some melodic stuff, I rely on my good old Zork's ripping controller. Yeah, every sequencer seems to have some kind of sh- shortcoming that it's not quite. You know, it's either you know more cr- programming than you want, or mm-hmm. it's like, or it's really hands-on, but then it's hard to like dial something in. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I've yet to find the perfect one too. Which is why you see people with like four sequencers in their rack. <laughs> yeah, each yeah. one does their own thing, and yet you just kind of yeah. I always I don't know. I have two sequencers, and one of them just sits there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you need four voltage quantizers. True. And yeah. I mean, I got the, like that same thing. Where I got Stilson Hammer Mark II. I have a Metropolis. I have two pressure points with the brains. I have, I'm sure I have a couple others. Don't forget the Hermod. Yeah, the Hermod. <laughs> yeah, that's in front of us. Uh, and then uh, I got uh, like an old little small Kilpatrick one that's, you know, spits out two sequences. But it, it just, I don't know. It, until I had something I could put the keys to, it just it finally starting to make it feel like a, big dedicated groove box in a way. Like I'm going back to that MC 303 that I was playing with in high school. (laughs) I feel like I'm actually writing something that could turn into a a few, you know, few songs. Speaking of writing something, and if I'm wrong, we can edit this out, but I feel like uh, we had a discussion not too long ago to, um, and you were mentioning that you were kind of 
interested in making a little bit more melodic stuff and kind of venturing mm-hmm. away from your kind of chaotic, harsher sound. Is that is that are you finding that to be true as you're composing? Are you recording stuff? Do you have an album ready for me yet? <laughs> <laughs> if only life would get out of the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Um, I I really love the the uh, the aesthetic and the idea of tying like just beauty and trash together. Uh, yeah, that's my that's totally my thing you too. Know, and, and so I I like just being able to just cr- create a big dense wall and then peel like like an onion just peel stuff away and just let it just kind of Okay. So, do you have a question? No. So so live versus like writing and tracking is is there a versus there or do you kind of approach both of them the same right now they're kind of both the same i just make a huge thing and then i'll when i feel like it i'll hit record and just mm-hmm. let what's going out of there happen and then sometimes i'll i'll split it down to um you know where i'll just i'll track each little element by itself uh-huh. and then mix them together that way just so i can you know, maybe fine tune them and tune them up with some so effects you, and EQ. so you do multi track, you know, and that sounds kind of like an arduous way to do it. But yeah, like so with this mixer, everything will be in a sub mix, and then I'll just have everything turned down but one or two elements, uh-huh. and then just record it, and then just loop it for a chunk, and then get it to where I like it and EQ it a little bit, and then do another layer on top of it. Okay, because I like I, I like playing around with like I'll have a live set that you guys will hear or have heard and then being able to go back and then have that recording of that and then leave the patch as it is and then just do weird like you know passes through the computer and just process it completely different just to see what will happen and and so far they just hit on the hard drive yeah (laughs) yeah that's why i I keep releasing these like modular musings things that Mm -hmm. aren't really worth listening to but go check them out on self-centered.bandcamp.com <laughs> and another side note about this is my one of my bigger hang-ups lately is my my main laptop in my studio is completely outdated yeah and i haven't updated it so i can't even like get the, the web browser to work with with the new like version of Bandcamp that they have so it's yeah. just like just to go on there i'm like oh fuck i can't unload i can't even load my own music no <laughs> Bullshit. And you need to buy a new computer. I, well, yeah. And it's hard to buy a new computer when there's so many modules you could buy instead. <laughs> exactly. that's, right? No, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It, was, it was really... It's just a glorified tape recorder the computer is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, it sounds like like with your method of recording, and I think with modular in particular, you could get away with this more, is um, you could get something like the Zoom like H6 mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and just record directly into that because what I'm finding even when I do like do a multi-track record or anything like there's, I do very little actual like plug-in work or editing, like like little EQing sometimes. Sometimes I don't really do anything um, because what I like about modular is you, it sounds the way you like, by the time you want to record it, you're like, this sounds the way I want it to sound. So yeah, I love effects though. Yeah. Effects are great. Just beating the hell out of stuff with a bunch of (laughs) effects chains. Just, it goes back to that just finding new sounds within sounds type yeah, of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've I have arguably too many effects in in my rack. I would like to switch to more effects pedals, but they don't have C V control. 
That's something that needs to happen. That's what I mean, one of the things I, I really like about your music is it's it's kind of a it's very atmospheric. Like, in spite of being you know maybe in the noise realm, mm -hmm. it it isn't like hit you over the head, you know, bash your face in kind yeah. of noise. It's it's restrained, like and quiet, Bell. and atmospheric, and you know, usually the even like the rhythms are more sort of steady hip, hypnotic instead of mm -hmm. you know bang your bang your face in mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it, it all feels very intentional you know despite being kind of in that noise realm thank you thank you very much yeah i think intentional is a really good word for it because yeah i have a hard time with some noise stuff because it is literally just noise and then i feel like my grandparents felt when they heard me listening to whatever it is they asked me how can you listen to that <laughs> um but i love harsh shit you know, but there has to be something in there. Were you like, Grandma, it's typecast. <laughs> <laughs> With the backwards K. Yeah, totally. <laughs> For a new the metal devil's, band. devil's music. <laughs> oh, dude, and new metal. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, it's so, it's so cringeworthy. Oh, it's oh so, so bad. I got a good, I got a funny new metal story. <laughs> so back when I was in high school, like that was when corn and all that crap was the, all the rage. And, uh, they were doing a record signing up at uh, Tower Records in Seattle. Uh -huh. And like all of my friends were way into that shit. But obviously I, w I wasn't. I was like, whatever. I'll, you guys are all hanging out there. I guess I'm going to hang out and wait in line with you. I have nothing else to do on a Saturday. Sure. You were Saturday. wearing a Life's Peachy t-shirt. No, you no. Know it. Totally. The funny thing is I was wearing one of my multiple skinny puppy shirts that I had one for like every day of the school of the, the week, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there in line. I'm getting some stuff signed for my friends because I'm like, I don't care about this, right? And one of the guys goes, I forget which one. It was like Monkey or one of those guys. I can't, I don't, can't remember. One of those Fieldly? guys. One of them. They, was like, they, go, they go, Skinny Puppy. I go, yeah, that's my favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> the look of his face, he was just like, kind of like, his drop, <laughs> jaw drop. And he's like, what? You're not here for me? <laughs> type of thing. Was, that's, that's my. Uh, I actually tried to dig my Skinny Puppy shirt out of the attic to, to come here today just to pay homage to you i got my sweatshirt I find it yeah, I got my sweatshirt. you I know was. i i liked him but i was always more of a chubby doggy guy myself <laughs> um a snarky you're more of a snarky type of guy more of a snarky puppy yeah. guy. <laughs> not so much skinny apparently yeah. that's a band i've never heard them but they're yeah. they're it is a band yeah actually there's a there's a bar near my house it's like monkey house or something it's in the u district and they've got a skinny puppy poster on the ceiling Oh really? The yeah. monkey pub? Monkey pub, yeah. Yeah. You heard it you heard it here, folks. Speaking <laughs> of like skinny puppy and monkey from corn. Is it the M U N K uh Y pub? No, the the proper spelling was <laughs> no, probably, probably. Okay. Okay. It's, a, it's a good old divey little <laughs> punk rock trash bar that's super divey. Is yeah. he the one that Free went pool. super Christian? One of them went super Christian and started writing yeah. books about it and stuff. Probably. I'm sad that I know this much about corn. Yeah. You think if he did go super Christian that he kept the name Monkey? He did. I think the book is like... By Monkey? By blah, 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 <laughs> a.k.a. Monkey That's from bizarre. Corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reverend Monkey grab. from Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Seven Strings. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> fucking Seven Strings. Oh. I can't. I can't with the Seven Strings. <laughs> Although with all this modular twiddling, I can barely with the Six Strings anymore. Yeah, that's what pinkies and all that are for. Uh, right? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Have have you guys found that? Have you found that since since uh, 
Ellison since getting into Dude, modular. my guitars are so dusty. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I've I got mean, two beautiful yeah. guitars that need new strings desperately. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> I, uh, I did just pick up a, uh, a Morphogene and an AA.1, which is like the module that uh, that changes the, the levels to so you can... Uh-huh. Basically, get module levels out mm. at at mm-hmm. an appropriate oh, line level for guitar, and uh-huh. then and then bring it back the signal back in and raise it back up to module levels. So, and they they claim it's kind of a good way to integrate the mod, uh, the guitar with the modular as well. So yeah, might, I've been I'm looking into something that. like that. Um, is that the uh, Men Key one? No, they're both Strymon. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's Men Key from Corn. <laughs> I was getting excited. I thought I heard myself in both speakers. <laughs> I know, and I just lost myself. <laughs> We're having technical difficulties here. Over at the Podmod headquarters. Um, oh, don't touch it. No, you're good. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm curious. I uh, of course this is a modular podcast, but you have kind of a unique job, and mm-hmm. you're kind of uh, you're kind of uh, a radical know, liberal. A, a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, but but you you're slightly communist. You're the you're the you're the the best kind because you're not just like a Facebook warrior. You actually like you put your money where your mouth is and or you get your money to feed your mouth through putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly are you? You're a union representative, right? Or well, so first, first off, I'm a union glazer, uh-huh. which for all the people out there, who love yes, donuts. Yes, donuts, the glaze on the ham, all that <laughs> shit. We're, we're, we're the, the right union for your holidays. What would we do without glaze? <laughs> uh, so for everyone else that doesn't know about that, it, we put windows in specifically in commercial high-rise buildings or you know, like the Space Needle, all the towers around the town, or just anything that is in your house or to a storefront that you walk through or, you know, those... those storefronts doors that are at the AMPMs and seven elevens that look like someone ninja kicked them and abuse the hell out of that's what we do. Uh-huh. Put those in, make sure they work and then people beat the crap out of them. We pride ourselves in like we're door guys. We we're technical. We, <laughs> we do all this important shit for someone who's just a trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and look through and not even care that we did it. But yeah. That's a lot of that stuff's really early construction stuff too. So and mm-hmm. and I will tell you that early construction in the Northwest is a brutal game mm-hmm. because yeah, it, yeah. and especially in the, the spring and, and well, anytime but summer, but summer can get hot too. Yeah. The, the, some of the worst parts about being a glazer would be that the weather is always a, your, your friend and enemy at the same time. Yeah. Cause if it's hot, cold, no matter what you're feeling, all of them, yeah. you're getting the sun baking you from the glass by looking at it or you're getting the sun because it's just baking you cause you're on the top of the building uh-huh. before everyone else. Or are you getting all the wind and the rain at every time? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a. I've seen some pictures uh, on your Facebook of you standing in some places that you wouldn't find me standing, <laughs> yeah. like on steel beams mm. on you know forty stories up, yeah, rappelling yeah. off the side of a building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, so you were in the field for a while, but now you're actually fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, and now you are. I'm a technically, now technically I would be a, a union. In, Union organizer would okay. be the best way to say it. So now I'm I'm out there fighting for workers' rights, trying to get them, you know, to either be a part of a union or join a union or unionize the the places that they work at. Okay, and that goes for it's multifaceted. So we the the international that I'm a part of we cover 
painters, drywall finishers, and glazers, floor covers, and then we have some like truck painters and sign painters and people that do like some graphic design stuff, stuff like that. Okay. That's just kind of like a, a real, and then we have a few janitors and stuff like that that we represent, and then also just newly, we are representing the. Um, I'm gonna butcher it, so hopefully nobody that's involved with the organization <laughs> even <laughs> listening to this. But uh, we um, we represent part of the Democratic uh, um, parties. They're like like they're. Staff, okay. so people that you know work for the um, the camp on the campaigns for the de- Democratic Party, like you know, like the the aides and stuff like that. We we represent them now. Oh, which is okay. You know, I mean, to that could be a, a bone of contention with some of our members that are more conservative. That you know, oh, you're just going to one side. It's yeah, like, right. well, we're we're trying to stick to the people that are more labor friendly. Right, right. And people that have a respect for. The working people, not just, you know, trying to destroy everything that we're out there to, to represent. And what are some of the, like, even even here in a in a pretty liberal, and pro-union and pro-union area of the country, you mm-hmm. still face some challenges, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like what, what kind, what, right now, what's, what's kind of like the, the biggest challenge and what are you doing to fight back? I think the biggest challenge right now that we're facing just as a nation and a country in general is people's just lack of understanding of what a union is. Yeah. You know, people think of, they, they think of the union as just like a bunch of lazy people with their hands in their pockets that are entitled to have their, 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 uh, their job and not be able to just get it taken away from them. But to an extent, yes, those are some of the facets. But at the same time, a union is a collective body together being a voice that can stand up for itself and the, the rights of everybody against the owners of the companies. And, and by owners, I mean, these people are, you know, multimillionaires. So yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about just like mom and pop little people that are just like, Oh, the union's coming. That's going to destroy my, it's like, no, these people got, you know, multiple multimillion dollar properties that they own. Yep. And they claim that they can't pay the, pay their their employees a livable wage. And usually, the things that are not union are the things that come in and destroy mom and pop shops and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's Walmart mm-hmm. or Target or I don't know whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know if union Amazon right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge thing with with Amazon in town. I mean, it, the tech boom in, in general is is kind of a, one of those other things that like started breaking down the working class in a way because, I mean. Bradley's involved in that that side of things, but they they make yeah. you feel really comfortable that you're there, and then you start going like, well, do I really need to respect the eight hour workday that was fought for? Because I mean, I'm getting taken care of pretty well. I mean, I have a I have a keg and a and I, I can go play ping, ping pong, pong and yeah. you know it, it, why I don't really need to live. I can come and go when I want. You know, Free everything snacks. is geared toward keeping you. Yeah. There, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I've well, so yeah. I'm I'm in a union, a low volt electrician, and mm-hmm. I've done a bunch of work in you know, Tableau and Google and mm-hmm. all these all these big companies. And since I'm a low voltage guy, it's a lot uh, on the service side. It's a lot of finished spaces. So and that's night work if it's mm-hmm. and uh, oh. yeah. So I've definitely 
I've definitely got my fair share of like Cliff Bars and Trail Mix and, and mm-hmm. Kombucha mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. LaCroix. Your, ping, your <laughs> ping pong game has gotten way better. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um, but no, like what you were saying, this, this whole thing with the, um, like the owners and, and the, the thing, like what I love most about being in my union is uh, the company that I actually work for a different company now just started with a new one, but I was with one for four and a half years and without the protection from my union, you know, they, they would have wanted me to work 70 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And, and, and and even now, like, so, you know, 40 hours a week is all you have to do. And, you know, you know, you work overtime when you can Mm -hmm. and everything, but yeah, my job never stops anymore now. Right. (laughs) That's that's another, but the, the attitude that some of these guys had, some of the higher up guys had, towards people who didn't want to work overtime, you could tell like the only reason that they weren't, you know, flipping out or firing you was because you had that protection. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. representation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really important, especially in a town like, yeah, you, you know, you can say what you want about the tech industry. It's definitely the pros and cons. I would say the one pro for it is it is given so many different tradesmen so much more oh. work. It oh, is yeah. crazy oh, yeah. here how much oh, yeah. work there is. Believe me, I've been, on, I have to bite my tongue numerous times on on Facebook when I see people going on their rants about Amazon destroying my city, my my area. It's like, fuck's sake, man! You know how much money that's put in my pocket and my brothers and sisters. It's yeah. just, but people it, hate change. Yes, you know? it's yes. hard. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I I see it. It's like if you've grown up here for twenty years and you see it changing, but at the same time, it's like go back to the Midwest where it's changing the opposite way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or it's just go neglected. It's gone. Go to the east side of the mountain. You don't even have to go totally. that far. I, I would not recommend going to the east side of the mountain <laughs> if you want to interact with people. Right. I do recommend it if you want to go camping or something. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It, <laughs> is, it is a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's not why you come to Pod Mod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we came here to drink fucking beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> drink beer and hear some bleeps and bloops, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anybody else got any any searing questions for Daniel? Do you have a union tattoo? Mm. Oh well, kind of. I guess I got that. Wait, where oh, is that it? lovely guy right there? Was the oh, yeah. good old fist getting punched by the by, or punching the world type of thing? <laughs> I, uh, I feel bad for the world. <laughs> <laughs> I was down in uh, part of my training and working was going down to Utah where we, because we, we represent five states. Uh-huh. We represent Alaska, Idaho, Utah, Oregon, and Washington. And um, there's a little bit of Wyoming that we got for some reason. We just got thrown on our plate. Because there's six people in Wyoming and I, they got to be represented by somebody. One, one glazer. <laughs> Somehow. The, the, the international just said, oh, you guys are now part of, that's part of you. And we're like, all right, I guess that's part of our jur- jurisdiction now, but. We don't have anybody there. <laughs> I think. I think. Actually, I was looking at the 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 stats for the the uh, the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's either Wyoming or North Dakota. It's one of those. It's like the only state where no one has listened to the show. Like some of them are four, only well, four people. Well, hopefully, this will change because we just give them a shout out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, shout out to the state of Wyoming. <laughs> I did my I did my uh, my field research in Wyoming for grad school, and there's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna brag for a second, but. <laughs> Go ahead. I happened to find the first fossil of what became the most productive fossil locality that my advisor had ever found in 10 years or 14 years in that. And it's still producing. Wow. And it's called Tim's Confession. 
Nice. Um, and it's called that because the night before we were drinking whiskey around the fire and I was telling a bunch of ba- really embarrassing stories <laughs> about me being made fun of when I was a little fat kid. And uh, my advisor was just laughing all day. Like, yeah, I got Tim's confession. So we find this little fossil. I find this little fossil. And so we got to name, name the locality. So he's laughing and he names it. And we round the corner and it turns out to be like, the biggest deal ever. So by me being drunk and telling embarrassing stories and just happening to find the first thing, um, my name's been in Scientific American hey, because uh, of that site. You know, However, I have done none of the really cool research that has made that thing so important. I just found some fossils. No, it's still pretty cool. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small part. Yeah. And it's like my boss always says, he goes, if you're just out there, life will happen. Things will just fall on your plate. Yeah, yeah, it's like just show up. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, Pod Mod Bods? Get out there. Yep. Yeah, where get away from your <laughs> your dark, dingy studios. Yeah, get out there and life will just hit you like a ton of books, <laughs> or whatever. Maybe not in Wyoming though. <laughs> a ton of books. Yeah, ton I don't, of know, books. I don't know. <laughs> 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 like bricks. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> whatever. Books are heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's. Uh, I think it's time for uh, a special. It's like Halloween. having an electric piano fall on you. You know, <laughs> like you're walking, whoa, is that an electric piano? <laughs> I wonder how many people have died from an electric piano falling on their head. I don't know. A Rhodes is pretty heavy. <laughs> Rhodes yeah. is way heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rhodes. That, that could kill you. Yeah. You wouldn't even have to fall from very uh, far. Even a DX7 yeah. would probably hurt you if yeah. that fell on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to draw. I want to draw that comic. Like a... like. A hipster walking down the road with like a, a DX7, like totally, or, Ju- or Jupiter 8, <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> those, or the CS80 would actually, oh, be yeah, CS80 would definitely would totally kill. the memory <laughs> mode would kill you too because that thing weighs like there's a lot of them. Your setup would kill you. I was somebody. just gonna say, yeah. this yeah. fucking this, this uh, mono rocket would definitely mm-hmm. murder. Um, and oh. are you ready to murder on this mono rocket? Sure, for, for a special Halloween patch challenge now. Mm. I might have to edit this out because it'll be embarrassing if nothing happens. But rather than draw <laughs> from the uh, the uh, envelope, because I want a guaranteed spooky, I, I posted on Facebook to give me your spooky mm-hmm. adjectives mm-hmm. and nouns, and we'll see if anybody responded. Please and if do. if they don't, I have to edit this out because that'll mm. show people how not cool I am. Oh. Spooky title. What do we got? Hold on. I saw something. Oh, we got some. Wait, you could call it the pumpkin patch. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Oh. (laughs) No, he wasn't even listening. Oh, the pumpkin patch? Yeah. Well, actually, Eli from Mystic Circuits had a pretty funny one. All right. He said, spooky adjective is an adjective and a noun. So that's that's kind of funny. Um, That's very meta. It is pretty meta. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's scary enough. No. Um, So... Co-host. What about a patch o lantern? No, that's patch. <laughs> like jack o' lantern. That's awful. <laughs> There's got to be something in there. Well, I, um, uh, uh, Kevin, who uh, Kevin Hawley met you a few times. Thanks for commenting. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Bradley pick whichever one of these uh, adjectives that he listed. You can pick one out of all those adjectives that he listed, and then Ellison, I want you to think of a noun. All right, that's a lot of adjectives. It is a lot. Oh, your phone. And your phone just. Oh, died, my so. phone died. <laughs> Just any noun? Well, it's got to be a spooky noun. Oh, okay. But pick it before you know which one he picks. Oh, okay. All yeah. right, wait, wait. Just okay. a spooky and don't noun. don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud yet. Yeah, you I pick see. it, and then, and then Ellison, you Suspense pick. Suspense is killing mm. me. I know. It's pretty suspenseful. 
Right. Right. Wait, wait. Um, I okay. Hang down. All right. Down. Yeah, I think so. Okay. What'd you get? Writhing. 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 Uh, burn. That was it. Oh, what? wait. Burn's not a noun. Well, I guess it could be a noun. It could it be. Could yeah. be. Writhing, burn. Writhing burn. Writhing burn. Oh, that's hard to say. I think I could do that. Writhing burn. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's pause and set the clock for fifteen minutes. Oh, great. Writhing. Podmod bobs, the falls upon us, and nothing brings in the fall quite like a spooky patch from noise engineering's outer exoplanetos. Especially when you slowly start injecting some CV from the maths into the shape input. Becomes more specter-like as you start to feed channel 4 from the maths into the soft fold CV input. Of course, the dual looping delay from 4MS helps a little bit. Ooh, what's this? Ooh, let's run an LFO into the noise input. I'm afraid to look behind me. I have a feeling where I know that I'm being followed. Canyon ghost, the Bacillus Ateritas, also from noise engineering. Oh, they brought some more goblin friends. I hear the Ateratic Ateritas slowly fading into the Doppler from WMD. Which is delay time is being controlled by the Anna from Mystic Circuits. And what is the screeching demon? Oh, that's the Basimosateratos running into the voltage controlled filter from AI synthesis, then into the recovery effects cutting room floor. I'm only a few blocks away from home now. But I'm afraid I'm not going to make it. I hear heavy breathing. I'm not sure if it's mine. Or the ghouls that follow. I hope the kids in my neighborhood like the candy that I got them. But I hope even harder that I get the opportunity to answer their knocks on my door. The Adoratsikateratas is now available at noiseengineering.us. If you happen to pick one up because you heard about it on this podcast, please let us know. And please, film some of your patches and show us what you can do with this amazing module. That's noiseengineering.us. So Daniel, your words were 
What were they? Writhing, writhing burn. Writhing yes. burn sounds painful. Hard to say. Yeah, it is kind of hard to say. Writhing. Mm-hmm. Starts with a W. It does. <laughs> it does. So um, W's for winning. What, what were what what was kind of your uh, your thought process when when we hit go on the clock? Holy fuck! I need to start <laughs> plugging shit in. <laughs> um, was there was there any like anything that j- like leapt out to you like sonically or or even like module wise when you heard those like oh I'm gonna go to that first or um, this combination first? I I just went to my normal noisy chaotic stuff of <laughs> just taking the uh, the what is it, the equation composer by Microbe. And just I have that and just a nasty digital noise running through the, the phonogene and a broken echo. Okay. With uh, some random slew and LFO from the NanoRan just kind of moving the air, the very speed around with the glitch so I can just, you know, bring it up and out and just tweak it a little bit. And then also tweak the elements of noise, digital noise that's coming out of the equation composer. And then my other go-to of the noise swash through a... Uh, the dope for a one Oh five BCF. So, uh, you know, uh, was it the SSM 24 DB low pass filter? Okay. And then into the uh, ancient Averb version <laughs> one, just to give it some more washing sound. And then let's see. Then I'd, uh, have a little random drum pattern from the drum doctor two. That's, being fed through the uh, uh, another four MS modular, the or module, the A toner, just another digital or not digital, but just gargly noise mess. Are these older four MS? I've never seen these in the face plates. Yes, are these very are, yeah, crazy looking. yeah, they these are all like really early run stuff. Okay. the The newer ones have like the newer noise wash is more of a silver faceplate uh-huh. i have the older like baby bluish yeah when I, w- I was looking at it trying to figure out what company made it and yeah. i was like oh shit yeah. i didn't realize it was 4ms at all yeah yeah, yeah. these are early 4ms days is it like a penguin or a sea turtle on that <laughs> i don't know seagull. what it, i don't know oh, what seagull. those oh wait down here yeah mm-hmm. what is that thing is, i don't what the fuck some trippy shit yeah. dude it looks like a bivalve yeah. maybe <laughs> uh, you know like the the early renegade days of, your bivalve of <laughs> and the faceplates were wild and crazy right <laughs> Totally. That's how everything that starts young is. It's yeah. like it's it's like mohawks and nose piercings, and by the end of it, it's like your grandmother likes it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Then you get to your intelligels and dopefer stuff. Totally. Well, actually, dopefer was kind of before most of that stuff. Mm-hmm. If we want to be completely technical about this, um, yeah. So that's a lot of that. Just just so I can get big washes of noise, and then I threw a, a braids with the super saw, going through a QMM, QMMG. And then into um, uh, this, my favorite delay pedal or delay effect that I have is just a, a, a warps, but it's made by a gentleman that does um, Blue Lantern. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He made this DIY, DIY version. It's a little smaller, but I just have it in Parasites and it's just their, the, the tape echo mode, whatever it is. I don't use it for any other function. Just it's my delay. Okay. I, I just love the sound of it. And it just, just whatever I put through it, like a bass line, a synth line, some, you know, samples off of the bit box, whatever. It just, it sounds beautiful. You know, it's my poor man's version of an echo phone, I guess. Show (laughs) us. Right now? Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Well, 
unless there's anything else you want to, I mean, you definitely don't have to walk us through each patch point, but if there was anything else on your mind that you kind of felt or, or no. wanted to convey oh, while you're doing what's, it. What's writhing about it and what's burning about it. Yeah, good. See, this okay. is why I have see, you all. Uh, I need you here. Writhing would just be the whole chaotic sound of it, I think. And then there's just a, a I guess the burn would be just that same <laughs> wall that you're being hit with. Okay. Like a cacophony of sound that's going to be coming burning your speakers probably <laughs> i don't know all right let's let's hear this shit okay uh i'm gonna put the mic down and we'll bring it up and see what happens
burn bra <laughs> yeah that was amazing <laughs> that was uh that was pretty awesome that was that was writhing and and burning 
Um, I got machine gun fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, do you have it, any it aloe was... gel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a war zone. Yeah, no, that was uh, happy uh, Halloween, everybody. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty impressive for fifteen minutes. Um, you, you you've tried one in fifteen minutes before for. Right? Didn't you do? You did one for the patch challenge or something. Well, fifteen-ish, about fifteen-ish of a performance of something that was halfway there. But no, that was this was my first time patching from scratch uh-huh. completely and getting email notifications. <laughs> um, oh, it's telling me I'm running low on storage. Uh oh. Uh oh. I think I think we'll be all right. Let's see. It says I've got. We'll figure it out in a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. So what? Yeah, that was the first time. So. The, the under under pressure, it's a little weird, isn't it? It's it's extremely weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun though, but yeah, it's totally a different element when you're just you know. Yeah, I I had uh, I only had done it once for the first episode, mm-hmm. and then I subjected a bunch of people to it for mm-hmm. you know twenty something episodes, and I've been doing them lately, and uh, yeah. I feel kind of bad that I made so many people do it without doing it myself more often. It separates <laughs> the men from the boys for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a cool kid club. That's for sure. Right? <laughs> uh, it's good practice though. I think it's a good way to, I think I'm, I've beat this into the ground. People are going to get tired of me saying it, but I think it's good practice for getting to know your set mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, Completely different direction than I thought I was going to take it. But yeah. That's, just, that's the nature of the beast. I think the words help with that. Like mm-hmm. having two words mm-hmm. makes you want to approach your system in a way you haven't approached it before. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So I guess I don't know how much more storage we have, but one thing I did want to touch on that I'm just curious about other people and when they perform, like for me personally, I... I, I have all kinds of crazy intentions of what I want to do and these grandiose ideas. But as soon as I get into it, I just, I zone completely out. I don't even think about anything. I start turning knobs and listening to the sound uh-huh. and I don't even like recognize that there's like maybe five or six people listening in front of me. Like they're not, they're non-existent to me. I was just wondering if, if anybody else has that similar thing when they perform, if they have that similar I'm too experience. For that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never performed on my synth yet. Well, or just in general, I mean, like when you're playing in a band, do you ever get that moment where like you just, the other thing about being on stage sometimes is like you can't, with all the lights and everything, you can't can't see see past like one or two people. It's just like, maybe like there's three faces, but the room could be packed to 300. You never really know. If that happens to me, that's when I consider those, like the best shows are always Mm -hmm. that. And anything where I'm super aware of everybody there, that (laughs) means that I'm, like not enjoying myself and that's when I always feel like that sucked mm-hmm. even though you know I've heard people you know I've said that to you know you always have your confidants who you can go up to and say yeah that set sucked mm-hmm. not like fishing for compliments but they'd be like yeah it wasn't your best and mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I've had both responses when I felt that way you know so like sometimes you're wrong when you think it sucks but usually well, I we're feel always like our, if, yeah. our harshest critics right yeah I mean. but if you are lost in that I feel like that's when it's either good or everybody hates you because you went too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. There's, there's, def- there's definitely a balance. I mean, you want to get lost in it. It's like that's part of the performance aspect too, and I think people can pick up on it, but you also don't want to tune everybody out so mm-hmm. that you're mm-hmm. just like alone on, you know, mm-hmm. in your own world. Yeah, it's a weird balance. Mm-hmm. I mean. You also don't want to beat yourself up over totally. like what 
what you thought it should sound like because nobody who is listening knows what your mm-hmm. intention was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. That's the, one of my favorite things about modular. <laughs> like you could like have a totally catastrophic set, like the thing you practice at home, and it could come and sound just like, you know, total screeching noise, mm-hmm. and that's not what you wanted, but everybody else could think that that's exactly what you were going for. Exactly. So. Well, shit, Daniel, that was badass. This mm-hmm. flew by. Um, I want to thank you for uh, packing up your stuff and bringing it over to my house. No, I love it. I love um, traveling. I love playing. Yeah. You know, I'd, I mean, before I got into playing here in Seattle, I was driving all the way down to Portland just to do this. Yeah. Because for some reason, I felt disconnected from my city that I lived in and grew up in. Well, it's and really solidified here lately. Yes, it has. Thanks it's, to you know Bradley, and, Bradley Josh, and Josh, and I mean with, with you guys Patchworks. and Patchworks, I feel like those those two entities together mm-hmm. have just like I have. I mean, I'm friends with all of you guys now because of. Those, the, those, the scene, mm-hmm. the scene now. The community. That, that's well, been community. well, Bradley and Mod- and Patchworks are kind of like that two compartment epoxy that one without the other doesn't do shit. But when you cut the tab off and squeeze it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's the glue. <laughs> yeah, you You're like a, a really good epoxy, <laughs> but with, you know, you're two part, totally a two part epoxy. <laughs> Sorry. Watch out. We can edit that out, man. <laughs> no, fuck no. I'm leaving that in. That my, was Ellison my, Wolf. My glue analogy. <laughs> what other analogy? If you, you want to stick want? it to him, yeah. he is That was Ellison. your industrial epoxy. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people uh, fi- find the stuff that you want them to find? I guess they can, they can look at, you know, Infidel Tech, you know, and that's with Infidel with T-E-K, you know, real hip youngster, uh-huh. you know, play on words there. Don't want to spell it's not that hip. There are uh, <laughs> you do have vowels in your spelling, so oh, okay. it's not okay. that hip. True. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> so like infideltech.bandcamp.com. Yeah, that'd be probably the best. It's probably hold on. Let me scratch my beard. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> it's not. It's obviously not that current. There's some weird shit on there. There's some more of my computer music stuff on there. It's actually, you know, maybe a little more tracky. And hopefully soon there'll be a new one on Self Center. There will be as soon as Self Center Records. Let's let life get out of my way for a little bit. So I can start. <laughs> cool. Well, your most recent thing that people could check out would be probably on the modular on the spot yep. set. Side, side, the B side, first track that leads you off. It'll be a, a small taste of what I did. Yeah, and, and that was with, you know, for all the the, the gear hands out there, that was all with just the, you know, make noise skiff. Yeah. Just one little. That's part of what make, makes it so incredible is that all, all of that came out of one skiff. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to listen to it again. Think with that in mind. Part of my my intention was that for that when I got this skiff, I was going to just take a row of modules, 104 HP, and then just make that be a that's a that's a row, that's a voice or a or like a, a set time limit that I could play with, mm-hmm. so that I could break this you know mono rocket case up like that, so I could just go from top to bottom or bottom to top whichever mm-hmm. and f- you know flow through a set and have those distinct parts but obviously changed it completely yeah. <laughs> modular. but yeah sweet well thank you again and speaking of the mo- modular on the spot cassettes they're still available yes, they um are. and the the you can get them through selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com and one of the coolest ways to get it is probably come to one of the live events the modular nights or modular on the spot once we start doing that again yeah that awesome one we just played all all, all of us yeah oh yeah that uh, super awesome module (laughs) so awesome dude your set was so good so Um, yours (laughs) that guitar (laughs) um 
but also want to remind everybody that you guys, you guys, this is a labor love and the cost of the cassette when you buy it, it, it goes towards putting on these shows. Every little bit helps. Yeah. Every little bit. We're not going to stop doing it anyway. Yeah. But if you want to help us out, (laughs) and if you want to perform, if you're passing, if you're not from Seattle or you are from Seattle, it doesn't matter if you are in the area, how can people get a hold of you guys to try to get on the docket? You're always looking for new, new performers. Yeah. Well, we have a, the Facebook page and you can certainly message us there at modular on the spot, Seattle. Um, and or we're mots seattle at gmail.com and yeah if you're blowing through town and uh, we're going to have a show every every month so i think this last summer it was second saturdays uh we're now d- doing i think third saturdays is it third Saturday? we don't have a consistent date at substation we're going to aim for one soon okay. so um third yeah, would be good it would, yeah it would help with not overlapping with other things in the pacific northwest like the stuff down in portland second saturday true inevitably we overlap with the wrong things yeah. like knobcon every year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so d- get in touch there's a high likelihood that we're doing something when you blow through town so you can either attend or play or both yeah, yeah we'd love to see you out there and ellison what would you like to point people to since you're sitting in here you got any plugs not really secretary band sure secretaryband.com secretaryband.com and uh, Zorks Electronics yeah dot com as well it's true you got those dot coms yeah (laughs) I I was going to do dot org but I hate the word org yeah I'm more of a gnome guy myself yeah or a net yeah (laughs) more of a netter (laughs) netscape (laughs) all right guys (laughs) wait 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 so I want to do like a few more little small shout outs to the old ancient podcast days of modular okay Old Waveform City to Bryce. That guy was holding down the fort right at the beginning. And Sam Botstein or with uh, the distillery, his podcast. It's now in ancient times, but both excellent early day stuff. If anybody else wants to go back in the back catalogs and get some more synth knowledge. Were those local guys? Uh, no, they- they're, they're both from the Bay Area. They're both oh, okay. from the Bay Area, but cool. old, they're old, uh, old, old modular guys. So Sweet. You, cool. You'll recognize Bryce's... Uh, awesome jacket in most synth meat pictures he's he's got that <laughs> just his that jacket with all the patches on it he can't miss it so all right anybody else want to give a shout out all right and volt divers i love those volt guys. divers yes yeah. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be talking to jeff soon so and Good portland people. i'm coming your way um still trying to figure it out but we're gonna have a hopefully a live podcast down there and if not i'm gonna try and talk to some people um and that should be uh early mid November. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Well, that was a fun episode. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Bradley. Thank you, Ellison for joining me. Uh, we had a, we had a pretty fun night. We went and got some pizza afterwards and, uh, did a little something special for uh, a bonus Halloween episode. So keep an eye out for that on Wednesday. Um, if you want to check out some of Daniel's music, go to infideltech.bandcamp.com and uh, check him out on uh, the Instagrams. He has uh, he has some cool patches he posts uh, pretty regularly. So yeah, please check his stuff out. He is also on the modular on the spot cassette tape. So I want to remind everybody that there are still cassettes left, and there are an infinite amount of digital downloads, and it's uh, it's very very worth picking up. Um, Thank you to the sponsors, Noise Engineering. Go check out that Ataraxica Teratos. It's I'm having a lot of fun with it. 
Um, of course, AI Synthesis, if you want to do some a uh, DIY projects, that's the place to go. Um, recovery Effects, if you need to mangle the shit out of your stuff, <laughs> pick up some of Greg's stuff. I love it. Um, and I want to I want to throw a shout out to uh, to Mystic Circuits. Eli from Mystic Circuits sent me and Anna for uh, for a wedding present. I thought that was really really sweet of him. And uh, it is such a cool module. So please go check that thing out. And finally, if you want your mixes reviewed, or if you want your album mixed or mastered, please go check out Obsidian Sound. Uh, Nathan does excellent work, and uh, if you mention the podcast, you will get a 10% discount. Um, yeah, and pick up those modular on-the-spot cassettes or, or the digital download, selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com. Until next week. <laughs>